Welcome to another episode of the Weekly Regular. My name is Asan. And I'm Derek. Derek, what's up, man? How's your week going? What 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 are you doing this week? I'm exhausted, dude. Um, oh yeah? Yeah. What so, from? Uh yeah, so last week, uh in the middle of the week, I was talking to one of my good friends who um that was the friend who when we went to Detroit, mm-hmm. we went to go see them. And then they were the same ones that came out for their baby shower here. So we've been kind of okay. hanging out with them a lot lately. Um, yeah. But they, she is a medical practitioner in Kentucky for her for something that she's doing. And so they live okay. in Kentucky right now. And he, the their baby is less due in less than a month. And uh, uh, yeah, and he was getting a little overwhelmed with all the stuff that he had to do that he didn't have extra set of hands for. So I went out. And worked with at their house over the weekend in Kentucky, and then came back and then went to work for the week. Gotcha. I'm so tired. A lot of a lot of yeah, full schedule. It sounds like. <laughs> yes, I'm tired, but it was good stuff. I was super happy to help them and you know their family. So it you know made sense. Just what you do. Um, good. Yeah. 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 Uh, other than that. Watched some movies, but that's pretty much all I've done this week. Okay. Um, didn't really... You know, I was busy all weekend, and that's usually my time to watch stuff, so... Um, haven't... Uh, other than today's subject, haven't really seen a whole lot. Um, how are you? What have you been up to? I'm well. Let's see. What have I been doing? Um... What have I been doing? Um, just watching movies and TV and stuff. Uh, let's see, been playing uh, um, this. Uh, what is this game called? Uh, it's one that I. It's that evolution game that I was yes. playing a while ago. Yes, we were joking about you can evolve to the point you get laser cannons and stuff. Yeah, answer ancestors, the humankind odyssey. I've been playing. Mm. I've returned to that. It is a very, (laughs) it's a difficult game in that it's a very tedious game Uh uh, because uh, I'm so used to sort of like um, uh, more action heavy uh, RPGs. And this one is like the whole point is to try to, at least for the, for the first uh, part of it is trying to avoid as much conflict as possible and ah. just kind of like grow your settlement and mm. and explore. And so I'm fighting the urge of like trying to explore too like f- far because if you try to explore too far before you're ready, it's very 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 challenging. Oh, so you I kind bet of you have die really, instantly. <laughs> yeah, you do. So you have to really be uh, from like a bird to, that stands like 15 feet tall and can <laughs> eat horses. Exactly, because <laughs> uh, that's a thing that used to be. <laughs> exactly, dude. It was terrifying. Yep. So, uh, yeah, so right now I'm just uh, trying to uh, take it slow and, and, and remain disciplined and not get all my clan killed. Uh, gotcha. But, yeah. <laughs> Easy. So I've been doing that. Um, quickly, uh, quickly. Since, yeah, quickly, quickly. <laughs> I've been watching. Uh, when you gather, get out there and get it. Go, 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 go. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been, um, I've also, I've been watching Secret Invasion. Mm-hmm. Uh, finish that up, which we can talk about. Okay, um, we can talk about. It. I still haven't watched. Now that it's done, I'm going to watch the whole thing. Okay, and yeah, there you I go. I had planned to catch up, but then I went out of town. So that's kind yeah. of it. Screwed up. Even again, happy to do it, but it was like you know, it kind of messed up my my flow. 
for right. media. Yeah. I mean, I guess I can give uh, my my sort of overall thoughts, and maybe we can cover it more in depth on, a, on another episode once sure, you've watched yeah. it all. No, absolutely. But um, I I didn't mind the series. Uh, it's not bad. I think the I think it's too short. Um, this either okay. needed to be a two-hour movie or a ten-episode season. It is ah. neither. It's like a six-episode mm. season. And the first five episodes are like really paced as if like we're going to get a really long and satisfying conclusion but it kind of just wraps up in 45 minutes or so and uh feels a little rushed um that last episode feels a little rushed uh there are some cool ideas in it and there's like a really cool uh i think um fight sequence in it but it doesn't quite feel earned um because i feel like the show needed like two or three more episodes before we got here gotcha. to make it it hit a little bit harder but um gotcha. they really yeah. have a hard time with their tv shows don't they yeah like what is with this phase too it seems like yeah. someone's drunk at the wheel <laughs> i feel like they're just stretched in and trying to do too i think much. they are i think they're trying to do too yeah. much and i think what they need yeah. to do is scale back and focus on quality over quantity yes especially now that mm-hmm. dc is coming out like right you're not going to totally. win. The new stuff totally. that's coming out from James Gunn and Saffron is going to be better. Like, and it's, yeah. it's hot and new, and it's something mm-hmm. that we haven't seen before, and it's a whole new universe for us to explore and for people to be like, oh, you like Marvel? Well, now, like, ch- check it out. Like, I'm, for one, really excited because I'm not super familiar with the DC stuff, you know? Like, right. the greater, like, you know, the weird, like, the big main events, like Secret Wars that we're getting from, you know, that, mm-hmm. and, like, the first Avengers team-up and stuff, like, from Marvel. Like, mm-hmm. I'm familiar with the big events like that. DC not right. so much. So I'm kind of excited to kind of see it done competently in a way that lays it out that for the sort of first timer or the new or yep. the semi familiar kind of person, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, oh, oh, that. Oh, OK, cool. So yeah. that I can plug that in and then that's where that works. And then, you know, so it'll be kind of fun. I think people, especially comic book fans, are kind of looking forward to that. So yes. to Marvel, I say scale back. Yeah, you'll take a money hit in the market. But if you mm-hmm. do it right and you only make a couple of movies during the year and they're really, really good, yes, you'll make your money back up in marketing, you know, off the marketing and the toys and everything like that. Like, you know, right. like just quality over quantity at this point. Yeah, I think it was um, in hindsight, probably a mistake. Now. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I know Disney Plus needs content, uh, yes. as do all streaming, all, as do all streaming services. I think it was probably a misstep to dive headfirst into making sure that all of that original content is Marvel and or Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I think, like your Disney streaming service, you now own Fox, you now own uh, Hulu. Essentially, you own mm-hmm. all these different platforms. You can populate Disney Plus with more than just. Star Wars and, and Marvel stuff. Uh, and I think yeah. we're we're seeing the limits of all that original content at this point. And I think people are getting, especially with the Marvel side of stuff, uh, getting a little exhausted of, of all the Marvel stuff. So, like, yeah, I would say scale back in terms of Marvel stuff and just kind of get back to what your bread and butter is. Yeah. And, uh... Uh, and t- take it easier on yourselves. <laughs> well, yeah, totally, and I agree. But uh, on that on that same level, did you see? Mm-hmm. And I'm just gonna jump straight to the DMs because this totally sure, applies. Um, yep. Uh, 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 Ryan Coogler will be making a new X Files series. Great. So love it. Looks like they're gonna start to make some new content that's not just start. And I'm like, 
smart. I saw that today and I was like, smart, smart, smart. Like, there you go. Like, (laughs) let's not oversaturate it because if you start oversaturating it, which you're already starting to do, people are going to stop going. Yes. Uh, I, yeah, I love, I love that you You took us to that that. piece of news. Um, I love X Files. I'm a huge fan of the original series. I need to really um, sit down. I've seen piece bits oh, and dude. pieces, but I need to. And I've been saying it for years, but I need to just sit down yeah. and be like, okay, like let's just do the X Files. Maybe totally. I can get AJ interested in that. Yeah, I think it's yeah. a it's a good show for to watch as a couple. Um, the Mulder and Scully dynamic is really cool, especially as it plays out over time. Um, there's definitely, uh, I am a big X-Files fan, but I am not an X-Files, uh, purist. So like there are watch guides out there like that kind of help you skip past the episodes that aren't necessarily as interesting if you're into that. uh, Because there's so much. I should have thought about that. Why don't I do that? Yeah. I, I I, when I do my rewatches, I use a watch guide, watch guide and I can send you the one I use. Oh, please do. I would love that. Okay. That'll speed it up. And then, cause there's so, the problem is there's so much of it. And it's such a yeah. daunting task to watch it. it and is. I didn't really like, wasn't really cued into it. But I did go see the movies, and I was like, oh, I like this. Like this is cool. Mm-hmm. Like you know, and always wanted to do it. But it's just there's always just been so much to it that I've felt a little mm-hmm. overwhelmed. But totally. send me the watch guide. I will, I will blast through that. Yeah, I will. It, it, I'm, yeah, so I'm. I I think the uh, yeah you know David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson are great on the show. But um, it's it's a it's a formula that that I think is is easily replicable and I think can be done um, in a in a cool fun way. Uh, so I'm excited to see what Ryan Coogler does with it. I think it could be yeah, X X Files set in in modern day is going to be uh, I think very fun and very interesting, um, mm-hmm. especially with all the. Uh, uh, I'm sure this got a part of the consideration for greenlighting this had to do with all the alien stuff that's going on in oh. real life right now. <laughs> oh, they're going to capitalize it. We're about to see a whole new resurgence yes. of like alien focused like yeah. horror movies. And mm-hmm. it'll start with like horror movies and indie flicks. And then it'll be mm-hmm. like, oh, we can make money off of this. And then it'll just be mm-hmm. you know big budget. Like, I bet you <clears throat> I bet you Roland Emmerich will make an appearance again. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll see another quick installment of the Independence Day franchise come out again. Yeah, um, I don't. We, we'll probably get some kind of A twenty four alien thing. I don't think yeah, we've gotten an A twenty four alien good. thing. That'd be really um, good. I, yeah, that'd be really uh, yeah. fun. I saw. Did you see the new Independence Day? Yes, yes, I did see okay. the new Independence Day. I yes. watched it like bits and pieces of it at work one time. Yeah, I just had it on and yeah. nobody was in, and I was like, "All right, like I'll sit and watch this for an hour." <laughs> Um, uh-huh. and, uh, yeah, and it was like, I was like, okay, it's not bad. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It was fine. It's completely fine. It was yeah. fine. You know what it was fine for? It was fine for a Tuesday day shift. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what yep. it was fine for. I was like, I am massively enjoying this right now. I was like, and, but not in a way that I think I would if I'd paid for it. <laughs> right. Yeah, that is the key. <laughs> That is the key difference there. Um, no, right. I totally agree. It's, it's a totally fine movie. Um, yeah. Cool. Uh, um, Jump in. Speak, speaking of A24, yes. uh, I just sent you a uh, some photos of Zac Efron and Jeremy Allen White, um, as well as Harris Dickinson and Hope, Hope Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, from a movie called The Iron Claw. 
and it's based on the uh, the family of wrestlers, the very famous family of wrestlers from uh, the '60s, uh, the Von Erichs out of Texas. They were like a yes. You've big, explained this to me, and this was like the early days of wrestling when like yeah, the, this was the, when, like, the beef days. of like you stole my woman, which we see now on WWE the storyline. When those came from, because they were actually real. Yes, and these guys this would from, settle that in the ring. Yes. Okay. This is from the days of territory wrestling. So yes, this is yes, before. This is before WWF went right. national and kind of like nationalized everything. So this is very. They were like the kings of the Texas territory at this time. They are, uh, actually their families, had to defend their title. Right. And so, yeah, and so back then, like, wrestlers would go from, uh, so the champion from one territory, like from the Texas territory, like these guys, the Von Erich tag teams, they would go to, like, other territories. They would go to, like, the New York territory or the Florida territory and wrestle in those, uh, compete for those championships in that territory uh, as a way to, like, basically... uh, make money in different parts of the country, but to also promote their home wrestling promotion uh, right. in, the, in the, the Texas area. So it's like, a, and, like and it was the Wild West. Guys, they were, come see us wrestle. Exactly. Got you, okay. Um, and it was the Wild West of wrestling. There was no, like, there were no nationalized, like, uh, consistent rules. It was kind of like, you know, there were shady uh, 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 promoters and all kinds of stuff. So I, I'm really looking Imagine forward to... Imagine the drug to, trade flourished a lot. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean there was, I mean there was all kinds of wild uh, shit going on with these wrestlers. <laughs> so I can't, I can't wait to see uh, this movie. I think it's going to be great. Um, yeah, the, both these guys are huge uh, in this photograph. <laughs> both Efron and uh, uh, Jeremy Allen White from The Bear. Yeah, um, I'm really looking forward to this, man. I think it's going to be good. Uh, anytime there's a movie about wrestling that comes comes along, I, I'm going to see it. Um, I'm excited this for this one. Mm-hmm. This one has me like really looking forward to it. Like it, it sounds like it's going to be really cool. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so too. I think it's going to be uh, great. A twenty four has a pretty stellar track record with me so far. So hopefully I, we I'm, get a couple uh, more wrestling movies. Yes, yes. Um, what else we got here? Can in the you DMs? Man, can, like in our lifetime? There's going to be uh-huh. a Hulk Hogan biopic. Oh yeah, there's got to be. I'm excited. There's got to be that. a Vince McMahon biopic. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm excited for that one. That'll be yes, cool. me too. Yeah. Um, Ooh. What else we got? Uh, Ric Flair biopic. Oh yeah, that's got to happen. Needs His to like crazy. needs to now before he's dead, so we can really yes. like get the capture the flair for people totally. that don't know about Ric Flair. <laughs> totally. My brother-in-law um, is super into wrestling. I should actually send uh-huh. him this because he's like massively into wrestling and knows like all of the stuff and he and his brother still like watch it all the time and talk about it and and stuff like that and i was like like it's oh man i haven't watched it in years but oh it'd be so much fun yeah be fun to go to like a local wrestling like league you know in like la or something like that i bet you they oh i bet you they have luchador wrestling in san diego oh totally i'm sure they do yeah i'm sure there's lucha down there for sure um what else we got here oh yeah uh, what were you gonna say no go no go ahead hit us with it no no please what were you gonna say i was gonna comment on this barbie thing about uh oh Mattel's yeah this confidence. is what i was gonna talk about too this is perfect okay go, go for ahead. it okay uh well barbie's release has apparently given mattel the ultimate boost according to the geekster and their title is ultimate boost of confidence to pursue barbie sequels and more live action films based on toys so mm-hmm. um the uh, they already have the Barney movie is already uh-huh. in development, um, mm-hmm. and uh, they have a Polly Pocket movie coming, 
and being directed by Lena Dunham and starring Lily Collins. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Uno, Wishbone, Matchbox to counteract Hot Wheels. Um, Mm -hmm. Oh, Gritty Hot Wheels from JJL. They own Hot Wheels and Matchbox? Mm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gritty Hot Wheels, obviously, from J.J. Abrams. Uh, Oh, a PG-13 Magic 8-Ball. I was hoping they might go the horror route. That would be fun. Yeah, that would be... That's a lot of fun. I Uh, like that. Yeah, that would be fun. Um, Viewmaster... American Girl, so the American Girl dolls, that'll make my sisters nostalgic. Yeah. Um, Major what, now, Ma- what is a Viewmaster? I, I'm, I'm trying to remember oh, what that is. My friend, is this where our, like, is this where, like, the <laughs> divide of our age is, like, we're getting specifically down where we've narrowed it down to this focus? Well, Dude, well, a Viewmaster was this, it was super cool, it-, it was all the rage in the day, and they looked like binoculars, uh-huh. but you put them over your eyes, right. point them in the sun, you put a little disc wheel on there that had different pictures on it. And you put oh, it, and then you take okay. a little lever, and you'd click it, and you would advance the photos on the wheel. Sometimes they told a story. Sometimes it was pictures of dinosaurs. Sometimes it was, you know, it was just a bunch of different stuff. And so you could collect the Viewmaster wheels, and that would be they'd come in sets and stuff like that. Sorry. Hey, you there? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I lost you. Oh, uh, did we glitch? Yeah, yeah I glitched. Oh. I Yeah, Sorry. Perfect. Um, I'll re I'll explain it. So if you yeah, master, you put it over your eyes. Uh, there's a little <laughs> uh-huh. wheel in there that has little pictures in in the wheel, um, oh, okay. and then you push a little lever down, and it, it ratchets the the wheel along, so you can look at the different pictures. And sometimes it would tell a story. Sometimes it'd be just like dinosaurs. Sometimes it would be like I don't know actual mm. pictures of like you know uh, capitals or you know whatever. And you could collect the wheels and put them in the viewfinder, and then that would be your collection. So it was very. It's an old toy. It's a, it was an 80s, 70s and 80s view, I think. Um, let me see, Viewmaster. Viewmaster. I wonder what the what type of movie it's going to be and what the story is. I don't know. Uh, maybe you look through it. Maybe it's another horror movie. Maybe you look through it and transport you to another realm or something like that. You can ratchet forward or whatever. Anyway, um, then you've got Major Matt Mason. Uh, he was an action figure that was created uh, in 66 and mm-hmm. is an astronaut who lived and worked on the moon. Oh, there's an easy movie there. Oh, easy. Yeah. Easy, easy. Uh, Thomas the Tank Engine. That already sells itself. Uh, Rock'em Sock'em Robots starring Vin Diesel. So they're just going to remake Real Steel and uh, and put Vin Diesel in it. Yep. And I bet you it's going to be about family that works on a fighting robot. Yeah, probably. 100%. <laughs> um, Vin Diesel's brand. Um, and then Masters of the Universe. So it looks like they're actually going to finally do the live action uh, push forward with the He-Man. Yeah, that, that'll which be, would be uh, very fun. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I can't uh, wait to see what they do with that. Uh, yeah, I know they've been trying to do that for a while. So, mm-hmm. yeah, all right. There's an anime Netflix show out there that people seem to like. Oh, of He Man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I was like, all right. Um, hmm. 
check that out. More of a, I want to see, I've seen animated He-Man before, you know, I grew up with animated He-Man. I want, mm -hmm. I want live action He-Man. Live action Skeletor. <laughs> I want to see what that would look like. Yeah, live <laughs> action Skeletor, Skeletor with all the face altering technology they have, it's going to look amazing. Like, let's mm -hmm. go, please. Mm -hmm. Oh, so good. Um, would you would you be satisfied if Skeletor is uh, wearing a mask of a skeleton and not actually a talking skeleton face? Sure, yeah, yeah. He just has to have the the chattering sort of <laughs> like you know what I mean. It doesn't need to be the <laughs> yeah. voice. I don't care if they do the voice, but like do it do it right. Like he could wear a mask. That'd be fine. Yeah, you know, Doctor yeah. Doom would be like, my face is yeah. horribly disfigured. That's why he called me Skeletor. And it's like, all right, yeah. whatever. That was lame, but like, let's just move on with it now, please. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> get to the point uh, where the thing be turns into a green tiger with battle armor and then he goes and fights people. Like, get to that yeah, part. Yeah, then we'll then we'll then we'll talk. We'll circle get to back. The, and get to the part this. where he looks into the sword and says I have the power and turns from Prince Adam into He-Man. Like let's let's get to that part. Let's get to the fun stuff. Like, yeah. <laughs> um I sent you a trailer for a new installment in the Exorcist franchise. Yeah, it looks good. I saw it. You sent it to me and I actually saw it uh you sent it to me after I'd already seen it, or during, when uh -huh. I saw Oppenheimer. And so... Oh, okay, cool. Oh, let me tell you, I had to sit in very close row, and that trailer, that close up, I was like, woo, this is... Yeah. This is not for me. I love horror, but the one mm -hmm. thing that makes me weird, and it's because I grew up religious, is like that kind of horror, you know? Like yeah. demonic possession stuff always gives mm -hmm. me the willies. You know, yep. like killer in the woods, like torture, you know, whatever. I'm like uh -huh. all day long, whatever. Bury the bodies, eat the people, you know, abduct the abduct the, the tourists like it's cool. But like when it comes to that kind of stuff and especially the exorcist title, I'm just like, I, mm -hmm. it's a little tough for me. Yeah, I love this. Uh, I love this setup. Mm -hmm. I, I love great, that though. it's it, it does. It looks great. Um, it looks like it might be. I was going to say, oh, I guess it's not. I was going to say it looked like it might be a period piece a little bit. Like, it looks like it, but I think it just kind of has, like, a, a timeless kind of look to it. Yeah, I think um, so. I think it may be set modern day. But I like the idea that it's kind of like, it's kind of mapping the exorcist over kind of like a, uh, like a lost children kind of mm -hmm. movie. Um, so you're getting a lot of like the 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 dramatic beats of like you know our, what trying to figure out the mystery of what happened to our kids um, out there in the woods. I like that there's a mystery. I'm sure there's going to be tension between the two sets of families because uh, for those who haven't seen the trailer, um, it's not just one child who's afflicted uh, with this demon, but the uh, but two children from two different families. Um, Best and their parents, yeah, and their parents, they're friends, yeah, they're really good friends, and their parents have to come together to. To figure out this exorcist thing, and I'm sure there will be a lot of good stuff there. Um, yeah, I think this looks great. I there's you know, the possessed kids is always scary, and uh, uh, it's about time we got another exorcist movie. And uh, I'm I'm into this for yeah. sure. Yeah, looks good. Um, let's clap it up for uh, the Rock. Yeah, he contributed uh, uh, an an undisclosed seven figure. Uh, uh, Donation to uh, SAG AFTRA's uh, Foundation for uh, Relief Fund um, amidst the strikes and everything like that to help feed writers and performers' families while mm -hmm. they're not working. Um, shout out to The Rock for uh, for uh, laying it down, laying yeah. the smackdown as uh, the financial smackdown, as they would say. Yeah, I mean, good guy. <laughs> yeah, good, good dude, good on him. Uh, 
looking at you now, Tom Cruise, uh, and all you other uh, famous movie stars. Yep. Brad Pitt. Uh, looking Angelina at all y'all, Jolie. Brad Pitt. Tom Hanks, all of y'all. All, yeah, all y'all high horses. Put your money where your yep. mouth is. Support the art. Yep. Support the yep. art by supporting the people. You mm-hmm. elitist. Yep. Prove you're not elitist. Yep. That's what it's uh, after right now. Now that Dwayne Johnson has done that, it's like, oh boy. Yeah. Yeah, he's laid down the gambit Pressure's for on. sure. Pressure's on. I think, I think part of him was like, not only is it the right thing to do, and not only will it make me good, look good, but it'd also be fun to watch everybody else squirm for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> watch them quiver in their boots. Yeah, just walk in. It's like, I'm just going to leave this right here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going just gonna to put this down here on the table. Um, we got a trailer for Gen V, uh, the new uh, spinoff series from The Boys creators. Yes. Real quick, though. We got to go back. I just saw this. Just saw this. I'm uh-huh. so sorry. When I was looking up what, who Major Matt Mason was for Mattel, uh-huh. Collider, 24 hours ago, Collider just released that Tom Hanks would be starring in the Major Matt Mason movie. Oh, great. That's like, awesome. Okay. Good to know. Interesting. Sorry. No, 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 no problem. Um, we, As yeah, we 13 got 13 different versions <laughs> of Tom Hanks. Yes. The new Polar <laughs> Express. Yeah. Uh, we're using the same technology again for some reason. Because um. <laughs> Robert Zemeckis just can't quit it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, Gen V. Gen V. Uh, it's a spinoff series from the Boys Universe uh, about a a school, an academy for gifted youngsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and yeah, and it, it's a it's a, about a group of uh, teenagers, young adults who have powers who've been tested on with the uh, compound V. And uh, this appears to be some kind of uh, school, but also more of a like Hunger Games style recruitment center where the kids are slowly kind of killing each other off. Yeah. Um, And one, you know, one or however many they select will survive to the end and be new members of the seven, essentially. And that's what this show is kind of like a like Battle Royale, Hunger Games, he meets X-Men. Uh, and I'm all for it. I, I, I was going to some... say, that sounds everything like I want to watch. <laughs> yeah, just take my money now. Uh, yeah, can we have that now? When does it come out? Um, Let's see when this comes out. September 29th. Ooh, good. Okay, cool. So not too far away. Okay, not too far away. That's awesome. Yes. Here's the thing. Uh, I'm going to forget about mm-hmm. it, and then it's going to come out, and then I'm going to binge it all in one day. Yeah. <laughs> if, uh, they some of the pow- yeah if they do it that way. Um. Some of the powers we see, um, one of the main girls has like a blood manipulation power. Yes, I thought that was very cool. I think that's cool. Kind of, uh, she tends to express it in kind of a carnage kind of way with like streams of blood. Um, we see a metal manipulation guy kind of grab a, a, a metallic water bottle. Um, we see a shrinky person. I'm trying to see if we see anything else. Um... There's like a super strong person. It's a guy that has his he eyes like, keep flaring up like Homelander. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's a yeah, there's a super strong guy. There's like a really gross moment where he punches in a guy's yeah. stomach and his fist comes out the guy's mouth, which is very disgusting. <laughs> I was like, I love this show, dude. The guys that make this show are great. Yeah, they are very uh it's very creative when it comes to It's all the carnage you don't get to see in the Marvel movies that would totally happen. 
100%. Like, why be like, I'm going to gently fight you when I can just dispatch you quickly? Yeah. There's some there's some shots of, like, what looks like uh, like Muppets being yes, killed. Yes, I saw that, too. Uh, and I'm hoping that that is, uh, like, some one of these characters has kind of, like, mind manipulation powers where they can yeah. make you experience reality in different ways. That would be fun. Um, because uh, I would love to see a sequence where a bunch of Muppets get killed. I think that's very funny. Um, yeah, this looks really great. I'm excited about this. Uh, it's like it's a yeah, it's a new way to do the boys, and not have to see all the same characters again and try to figure out shit for the characters to do. We got a whole new fresh set of characters. Yeah, like let's um, yeah. I'm looking at you, Star Wars. Looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's that new game coming out with between Lucasfilm and Ubisoft that'll be really cool. True. That uh, True. one of the news things on the feed that I sent you is that apparently you're going to be able to work with or, and or work with and eventually betray if you choose to Jabba the Hutt. Ooh. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, and they also said that if you've um, if you've ever wanted to know like the way they mapped out Tatooine. So they're uh -huh. like, if you've ever wanted to know how far it is from the um, from the moisture harvesters to Moss Eisley to Jabba's palace, they were like, we have news. Like they were like, you're in fun for a, you're in for a good fun time. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think that that sounds great. Um, uh, this is, I think, so we we can talk about this. This is a uh, a uh, uh, part of what you just sent over to uh, from Geekster about Thomas Hayden Church. Yes. So apparently, there's uh, rumors going around that there's going to be a Spider-Man Four. Yeah. Um, starring Tobey Maguire and Sam Raimi directing and again, which I'm all for. I'm all uh, for. I don't think we need. But no, definitely don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if we want it. But yeah, yeah, but I don't know it. I. How do don't overload us with Spider-Man, and it doesn't matter if it's a different mm -hmm. person playing Spider-Man; it's still Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, there's been too much Spider-Man lately, and yes, I'm happy that there has been, but we need a break. Yes, I would we agree. need a break, and it doesn't matter what you do if you reframe it; it's still Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, it's still we've seen we've seen it before. Mm-hmm. And then, and there's nothing really new you're going to bring to the table at this point, right? That's why you need a we need a break, and like Spider Man needs to just like hang out for a minute, mm -hmm. and like take go on his own adventures, and we'll see him in like a year or two. Yeah, I think what this says to me is, uh, from like a business perspective, what this says to me is they have the animated uh, Miles Morales films, which is mm -hmm. great. Those are going to continue to make money for Sony. Oh, yeah. They they. They've Definitely. been doing it to me. To Sony's credit, they've been knocking it out of the park with those movies. Those are the only uh, <laughs> exception to my to what I just said, just because totally. they're so well done. Yeah, know? and they're very different from and I'm not the live that action. Sam stuff. Raimi would yeah. do anything bad. I just, I'm right. Yeah, I agree with you. They're different. Like they're just, it's a they're, they're animated. So that to yes. me is a different deal. If we're just gonna see more live action Spider Man, I don't need to see more live action Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. I think I think what this says to me is that Tom Holland's uh, Spider-Man is going to be more of. Uh, I think there. It seems to me that it's going like at least from the way that it's presented to the public. I'm sure on paper it'll be different, but I think the way it's presented to the public, I think the Tom Holland Spider-Man is going to be more of the MCU's Spider-Man. Yeah, I think he's going to be in more of the Marvel stuff, and and Sony's like. It, to me, this this screams Tony's. Sony's like, well, yeah, the, we'll let we'll let you guys do the Tom Holland stuff and let him lead, you know, your new Avengers team or whatever you guys want to do. Um, but we want to have a live action Spider Man to continue to do stuff with. And I think there's a lot of like 
affinity for the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man yeah. and a lot of people who feel like kind of shortchanged by that third movie and feel like Tobey Toby Maguire deserves a better final installment. Um, and so I'm, I'm all for that. Uh, I don't see this being the start of a new trilogy or anything. Uh-huh. I, see, I see this being, uh, you know, while Marvel is, is using all the cachet from Tom Holland, um, Sony can, can ring out some more money from the, the Sam Raimi version of it yeah. and do kind of like a one-off ending of that story. Mm-hmm. And, and to that, I don't, I don't mind that. You know what I mean? That's, what, I'll see I it. think that could be totally fine. Yeah, I'll totally see I'm that. I'll watch it. Like, I'm not saying yeah. I don't want to watch it. Like, 100%. I'm just saying it's not something we need right now. You know? No, it's de- and 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 uh, w- between the strike and you know this still just being a rumor. Even if we did get this movie, it probably wouldn't be for like f- like four or five years from now at the earliest. Uh-huh. So uh, yeah, I think I think we'll I think there'll be some time hopefully. Yeah, for um, sure. Ryan Reynolds uh, is rebooting Biker Mice from Mars. I've never heard of this. No. Oh no, my never god, dude! Oh my god! All right, I'm looking it up. Hold on. Dude, I had the toys. Oh, they were like micro machines. Oh. And they were literally what they are were motorcycle. They're 1993. It was, uh, here we go. My buddy Rex and I, I sent this to him and he was like, he lost his shit. I was like, yes. Like, they're finally like, oh my gosh, they might be doing this. This is going to be great. <laughs> when three alien motorcycle riding mice are forced to leave their home planet of Mars thanks to the evil mining. Plutarchians. They rebel against their enemies on planet Earth in the city of... Oh my gosh, this is a lot longer than I thought. Come on, IMDb. There we go. Um, Evil Plutarchians, they rebel against their enemies on planet Earth in the city of Chicago. Interesting. I'm looking up images to see what they look like. So they're like mutant... They're like humanoid mice. Yes, giant humanoid mice that ride motorcycles and fight crime. Oh, I remember this, this is starting to, uh, and one of them has a robot this arm. Is, yeah, this in a robot face. Oh, he does. Oh, yeah. This is okay. I'm this vaguely remembering some bells. this now. Yeah, 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 dude. <laughs> oh, I this like, like this. This is like deep memory unlock. I wonder if it's going to be animated or live action because it could go either way, and I think it would. Be, I think live live action would be fun and funny, but I think I think animated would be really good. Uh, I think this would be a really good animated thing. Yeah, totally. Um, we'll see what they do. If Ryan Reynolds' voice is one of them. Oh, he's definitely going to be one of them. Yeah, that's why he wants friend. to do it. He's like, oh, there's a franchise I can like, another franchise I can make billions of dollars doing. Yeah. Um, I yeah, I think this would be. I think that's really that sounds really cool. I really want them to do Street Sharks as well. I um, think they are. I, yeah, that's a great that's a great show. Street Sharks is great. Yeah. Yeah, this is cool. I think this is going to be great. I'm I'm glad Ryan Reynolds is doing this. He he seems to have a really good eye for for projects and stuff like that. Um, he knows what the millennials want. Yes, he he, he gave us Deadpool. Yes, <laughs> like, you know what yes. I mean. Like he, he heard he's our very cries in, touch in the desert, and he was like, "I'll do this for you." And I know yeah. he's heard the nerd core people, and he's like, "Oh, you will go forth and preach for me why this should be a project." <laughs> yeah. Uh. Oh, you know what I watched uh, yesterday? I watched a Knock at the Cabin. Oh, how was that? The M. Night Shyamalan movie? Yes. It was decent. It was good. Yeah, it was uh, right. I didn't mind it. Okay. Yeah, it was good. Um, yeah, there's some great... Uh, I mean, it's, you know, it's M. Night Shyamalan, so there's some great moments of tension. and like I mean, the whole, the whole thing is just like a very tense uh, kind of situation. But um, 
yeah, I thought it was executed really well. Uh, Dave Bautista is really good in it. Um, I mean, everyone's really good in it, but Dave Bautista especially, and the little girl who's in it is really good. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was a, a good, um, you know, I think M. Night Shyamalan is ultimately, especially where he's at in his career now, I think is good for Hollywood. Uh, because he's kind of keeping the small budget thriller alive yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. in Hollywood. Because uh, this movie, it couldn't have been made for more than like, I would say a hundred million, but probably not even that. I mean, this feels more like a seventy, eighty million dollar movie. Okay. Um, there's only really one sequence in it of any kind of like big budget type stuff, and that's like a very short found footagey sequel of like or a sequence of like news footage okay um other than that it's you know it's seven actors in a room for the entire thing and you know lots of things happen there's a lot of tension but it's like it's it's all in the script and all in their performances uh and so i i i think i i like when these movies succeed because i we need these kinds of movies you know Mm -hmm. everything can't be a blockbuster Uh, (laughs) otherwise how are you gonna funnel people like find true like artists to like make exactly. your stuff for you. Exactly. Which so, I'm yeah, sure they're trying to find a way to eliminate that too. Yes. Um, Cause yeah, this isn't a movie you could pull off with AI cause it relies so much on very, very human performances. Mm-hmm. And like, so we're going to need uh, more movies like this uh, right. <laughs> for sure. Um, what else we got here? Uh, the new trailer for the new season of Invincible came out. That's right. That looks great. Looks great. The voice uh, cast is, again, insane. And yes. rumors have surfaced that they've already done all the voicing for season three. So it looks like the wait that we're experiencing was because they had to write seasons, like finalize seasons two, write season three, get the whole thing record, get both of them recorded, right. and then uh, now they'll animate it. So yeah, we're which is smart. Two now, which means we'll get season three faster than we got season two. Yes. Which will be great. Yeah, I think that's a smart way to do it, to record, you know, two seasons up front. I'm sure it's not, it doesn't make the process that much longer. Um, yeah. Especially because, you know, these actors aren't recording their lines together, doing it all separately. No. So if you can get two two seasons worth of recordings in the same time as you would, if you, you know what I mean? Why yeah. not? Yeah, why not? Yeah, I love it. I love that. Uh, I can't wait. I love this show, and I can't wait for uh, it to come back. Oh, uh, I don't know if you saw this, but... Um, in the new Mortal Kombat game, Mortal Kombat 1, uh, we got some characters added. Uh, we have Homelander as yes. a playable character. We have... Um, uh, Omni-Man. Omni-Man, yep. We and have. Um, who's the last one? Isn't it Black... Uh, what's the, the guy with the, the from uh, the boys with all the knives and he's just... Oh, Black the, Noir Black is in Noir. it. And there's one... Oh, Peacemaker is also in Peacemaker, it. Peacemaker, yeah. Yes. So, super yeah. Funny. I'm super excited about that. That's very fun. Um, fun stuff. Mortal Kombat games are always. I would consider it's it's so cool that they have like the uh, the Homelander and all that because I would consider like the Mortal Kombat games like it, 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 I feel like Mortal Kombat in the way they approach like violence and stuff like that is very of the same cloth as the boys. Mm. It's you know it's pushed to a point to where it's so cartoonish, grotesque that it's like it's almost a commentary on violence itself. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it's it, it's almost to the point of satire, which I think is a. Uh, is a great fit for these characters. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, man. I'm super stoked for that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Jamie Foxx uh, seems to be uh, b- backing up and talking and, 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 and out of the hospital. Seems to be. Uh, yeah, he posted a, a video to social media saying how thankful he was for the love that he received online. Um, uh, you, to my eyes, you can tell he, he's been sick. He looks yeah, oh, yeah. smaller. 
Looks like he's lost, uh, you know, a, a, a lot of weight, which yeah. will happen when you're in the hospital for a while. Um, I'm just glad that he's talking and seems alert and uh, and and he seems eager to to get back to doing the stuff that he loves. So, shout out to Jamie Foxx, man. That's yeah, I, I, I thought he, that was uh, really cool to see. Hope he has a speedy recovery. Yes, yes, me too. Um, what else we got? Uh, Warner Brothers announces two animated DC movies: Watchmen and Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh, which will release in 2024. Um, an animated Watchmen movie and an animated Justice League Crisis on Infinite Earths movies. Uh, how you feeling? Uh, yeah, give them to me. Now that yep, James Gunn, in, now that James Gunn in charge is in charge, I'm like, let's go. Yep. I have no problems. Whatever, feed me. Yep. You see the trailer for the live action One Piece? I did. Show and or movie. I did. This is. Yeah. It looks fine. Yeah, looks fine. I don't I've never know enough about it to like criticize yeah. it or talk about it. You know, I go, it's a, yeah. it's an anime. It's like one of the longest mm -hmm. running mangas of like forever, I think. Yeah, and it has some popular. record. It's super crazy long or something like that. And I'm like, mm -hmm. all right, whatever. If that's what you want to do, great, not a problem. Mm -hmm. um, um, what else we got? Uh, Warner Brothers is uh, looking to delay Dune Part Two until 2024 due to the two Hollywood strikes. Good on them. Yep. Uh, um, live action, yeah. Oh, sorry. What were you gonna say? I was just gonna say, uh, while while we, <laughs> while I think it's it's fine to say uh, good on them. I also want to stress that this is not them being altruistic, but is them wanting to wait to release their movie until the the actors involved can promote it. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's pretty much uh, what they're waiting for. Yep, um, it's not them being uh, in solidarity or anything like that. No, it's, they're uh, like, oh, we want to make money. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we don't want to put out this, you know, four hundred million dollar movie until we can get uh, the actors to fly around the world and promote it for us. So we're gonna wait. Uh, <sighs> so it's essentially what they're deciding to do. Um, um, it's very gross. It is. It's disgusting. I, uh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it, it, what what it also means is that anybody who has worked on this movie who stands to receive any royalties or any kind of. Uh, um, payments on the back end of this won't be getting those anytime soon uh which means so, they're hurting the tiny the small people of the film who are yes. just starting their careers or you know yes are feeding their families or you know living mm -hmm. paycheck to paycheck that are just trying to get bigger roles like they're trying yep. to starve out the small people yes there's a lot of there's a lot of actors in these movies that aren't famous movie stars <laughs> and right. there's a lot of people who work on these movies whom you've never even heard of and uh we have to re continue to remember that uh as we watch this, um, that's been the craziest thing about, I think, um, even dipping my toe into the sort of the actor world and stuff like that is like, man, like there's like the reason why people like Tom Cruise and The Rock and stuff are paid so much um, is because most other people in movies aren't paid that much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It, it is not. It is not as if once you get into a movie like Dune, you're all of a sudden a millionaire. Now, uh, it, it doesn't work like that. Uh, every contract is negotiated individually based on, you know, who your agent is, what kind of, uh, what kind of movies you've been in before. And if this is your first big union movie that you've been in, you're not going to rake in a million dollars. No matter how good rake you are. Yeah, no matter how good you are, your performance matter. at the end is the one that gets all the awards. You're right. still paid what you're paid. Like, yes. What's and, the dude and, from uh, Captain Phillips? The look at me, I'm the captain now. Um, oh yeah. He he had to borrow a tuxedo to show up to. 
to show up yeah, to man. the Oscars to win the Oscar because he like had no money. Yes. If uh, yeah, if, you, if this, especially if it's your first thing or if it's one of your first things and you don't have a bunch of, you don't really have any bargaining power, so you're going to get paid the SAG minimum, which is you know maybe maybe a thousand dollars, couple thousand dollars per day of the shoot, maybe. Yeah. Uh, which is, and if you're only on the movie, if you're only in two scenes and that shoot only lasts for a week or two weeks, <laughs> you do the math. Uh, that's not enough to live off of for even uh, two months in LA. So <laughs> you're gonna be back in your car uh, yeah, real man. quick with that. Yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah, this is all very important stuff. Uh, but yeah. So anyway, um, uh, moving on. Uh, oh, I should, I should, uh, I should. Since we're talking about striking. Uh, UCB, the theater that, uh, uh-huh. for those who don't know the theater that I do improv at, you know UCB very yes, well, Derek. Um, they hosted a, a UCB uh, performer and alumni performer picket at uh, Netflix. We joined in with the Netflix uh, oh, cool. st- strike that was happening with the, the WGA and the SAG After People, and it was very fun. A lot of UCB people out there. A lot of uh, a lot of the a lot of people who have gone through UCB and who are now doing really cool stuff were there. It was really cool to show solidarity because you know everybody from the theater who's a current performer was there. It was really cool, man. It was really That's cool awesome. to see. Um, UCB paid for um, a couple ice cream trucks to be out there giving oh, out free cool. ice cream, which is really cool. Yeah, it was a it was a cool time. Uh, it was cool to back. see everybody kind of uh, involved with that. It was it was great. It was a great time. That's awesome. Um. All right. What else we got? I should mention this. Creed is reuniting. Creed is new. Ne- oh, the band Creed. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, they're reuniting. We don't need to talk about it. I just thought I'd put it out there. <laughs> yeah. And I, uh, and I looked at it, and my first thought was like, this is surely like some sort of modern sign of the end times. Yep. Uh, it's got to be. Although I think, man, I, it's so funny because I think Creed has been able to like I think they now have an ironic sort of nostalgia following that that like yeah. I think they're gonna I think they th- this could be very lucrative for them. I'm not um, gonna lie, like <laughs> I unabashedly like like legitimately listened to them back when they were out because I was mm-hmm. like had to listen to Christian stuff, you know, yep. and they were Christian hard rock, and I was like, all right, cool, whatever. So it was like this uh-huh. is nice, um, but I would go see them if they were like performing at like the observatory in San Diego. I'd pay. Yeah, I'd pay like not? fifty bucks to go see them. Why not? Why not? Take an edible, um, just like yeah, yeah. Can you take me higher? Um. um yes. What else we got? Before uh, Christopher we hit the Nolan movie? still wants to direct a James Bond movie. I say yes, please. Just let him do that. Can we just make that happen now? I think that would be amazing. I would I think, love to see him do a Bond movie. I think that's what we've been waiting for. Yeah. No offense to the directors that have come before. Right. But I personally would just like to see a James Bond movie directed by Christopher Nolan. Because yes. you get that little glimpse of what he could give us in that opening scene in Inception. Yes. And I'm like, oh, yes, please. <laughs> like, yeah. Let's just do that. Can we? Let's yeah. open up the new Bond by with a Christopher Nolan movie. Yes. I also would like to see, like, so for the next Bond, and the reason why I think Christopher Nolan is exciting if he does the next one is because Christopher Nolan loves 
to center his movies around a like typically a heist but but he tends to the formula for his movies are like there's some kind of big overarching thing that the story is structured around but the, it features a man a main a main character who has an obsession that mm-hmm. is kind of uh, making that situation worse right and I think uh, I think James Bond would be an interesting character for that formula to play out uh, because I, I will be honest with you, I'm I'm am waiting. I'm I'm looking forward to when James Bond is is just getting back to like, hey, you have a mission again. Same. Uh, I've been saying as this opposed for years. to like going <laughs> oh, rogue. Is I'm so every time. tired of people going rogue. Stop going <laughs> yeah. rogue. We get it. You're a cowboy. Oh, I'm a man. You can't tell me what to do. Well, you yeah, you're in the military, so we fucking can't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's literally the whole shtick, dude. Yeah. Like, we tell you to do something, you go, yes, sir, do your little salute, you go do it. That's the whole point yes. of this thing. Your job just happens to be killing people and taking secrets. Right. Let's do it. Yeah. I would also, oh, Nolan, do you think it should be a period piece, James Bond? Like, take it back Ooh, to the 60s? That'd be great. Mm, that'd be awesome. a big, like, big bad villain? Yeah. It's like, I'm going to poison the planet from space. Yeah. Actually, that's Moonraker. Yeah. Never mind. They did that in Moonraker. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, I I would love to see that. Um, yeah, I think Nolan would do a great job. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, um, should we? Should it's talk what about I say to that. You said of what? Of course, I say to you, sir. Of course, he would. Yeah. <laughs> should we uh, jump into Oppenheimer then? Let's do it. Yeah, let's jump into Oppenheimer. Yeah, it doesn't really look like cool. there's uh, too much. Um, oh, except the problem. The the one thing I wanted did want to talk about is the movie The Sound of Freedom, starring Jim oh, yeah, Caviezel. Yeah. Uh, yeah, bad movie. Haven't well, I haven't seen it, but it's yeah. insidious movie because it's QAnon backed and supported, and the main character believes in QAnon. Gotcha. And it's an action so. movie about him rescuing kids from the sex slave trade, but legitimizing yeah. QAnon beliefs. Yes. Um, that is yeah. very bad. <laughs> yes. And it's gaining a it's made from a from a group out of Provo, Utah, and it's yeah. uh, gaining a lot of traction like a lot of traction in the right wing conservative yeah. group community. Yeah, I think there there uh, sort of the sort of the Christian obsession with um the child sex trade um even though has they're always the ones that perpetrate of- most of it. <laughs> right, which uh, has always kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like an issue that um, has always kind of really been they really loved, and I think it's because it like is very easy to um, to turn into conspiracy theories about powerful people that they don't like, uh, and I think that that's uh, we should be careful when there's like. Anytime there's an incentive to vilify another person, uh-huh. we should probably think twice before we start vilifying those people exactly. uh, because we want to know if we're operating in truth or on some weird notion that we just want to believe in. And not to say that there isn't uh, child sl- sex slavery that goes on. Of course there is. Absolutely. Um, but you don't need to make up conspiracy theories about uh, powerful Democrats or or whatever in order to save kids from child sex the slavery. The thing that I look at, at it... <laughs> Is is like the world is already corrupt and messed 100%. up enough. Yes. Please don't add this extra layer. And I know that the problem is that when you join these groups, you feel seen, 
and heard yes. for the first time in your life. Uh-huh. And it doesn't matter if you believe it. It's the camaraderie mm-hmm. of it. That's part of Being why a I part stayed of in the church yeah. as long as I did. Before I was like, yep. I woke up one day and was like, I actually hate all of this. <laughs> oh, I hate this. <laughs> I, was like, I hate ev- like almost everything about this. But yeah. like, you like, like, but you feel seen and heard. And so there's that connection. And it's like, that's, yeah. you know, there's, and that's a powerful drug, you know, because yeah. loneliness sucks. Like we've all been there. Oh yeah. And it, it, yeah. when you're, when you actually are going through a period of time when you are truly, truly alone, it gets yeah. very dark and it gets very hard and well, you, very there's quickly, some, very yeah. quickly. And it gets very desperate very quickly. And yes. like, you know, you, you find yourself doing things to try and find human connection mm-hmm. in certain ways that you wouldn't if you were being fulfilled otherwise. Hundred percent. Yeah, that is what I think is the most dangerous part about QAnon or Mormonism or the Christian Church or just generally any fundamentalist sect of religion. Like, here's my thing: if mm-hmm. you if you believe it and it makes you a better person for your family and your community, go to town. I don't cool. care. Do it, yeah, the do minute you, you do. use it to harm or le- or delegitimize somebody else's experience or force them to try and adhere to laws and rules that they themselves do not adhere to, then I have a problem with it. Like, mm-hmm. live your life, do what you do. But, like, the powerful high institutions have shown themselves to be insidious and problematic. And I just go, like, there's enough. Like, the, so the belonging to it is what keeps people in these things. But the problem with QAnon is that there are no meeting houses for these things. It's all internet-based, mm-hmm. you know? And it is algorithm-based, and it is, and it's a problem. And we're going to keep seeing these movies come out. And it's going to kind of be interesting to see if that makes the the movement grow or shrink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but either way, it's not good that these movies are coming out. No, 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 no. It isn't. Um, yeah, man. Uh, so, yeah, I, I guess I'll leave it with... Uh, I'm not telling you not to see the movie, but uh, yeah. just, just be aware of the incentives and motivations behind it. I have to uh, say, if I'll you're going to see it, yeah. torrent it. Yeah, steal, steal that it. movie. Steal that movie. <laughs> Fuck that movie. Yeah. Steal it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. If totally. you're interested in it, like I might do that. Like if you're interested yeah. in it and you want to watch it, steal it. And then and then send whatever money you would have sent to that to like an organization that fights child sex trafficking yeah. that doesn't believe in QAnon. Yeah, send it to a non-QAnon <laughs> sex trafficking help like like yeah, group. Yeah. Yeah. Take that money, do do the actual thing, actually help the people instead of pretend to actually help the people. Instead of going and sitting in a dark air conditioning theater and being outraged that this is, quote, happening in our country and our country's like, you know, going to hell. Like, take time, either go actually participate in the people that are actually doing the work, see how you can support them, or donate money to do it. I love it. Uh, Yeah. uh, Also, fuck Jim Caviezel. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm at the point, like, dude, I was so into him. AJ and I were talking about this the other day, because we were talking about yeah. that movie. She brought it to my attention. She's like, have you seen all the, the traction this movie's getting? I was like, no. And then I looked into it, and I was like, oh, why? Yeah. But, like, when he was the Count of Monte Cristo, uh-huh. get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. So yeah. he should have stayed in sword fights and, like, historical films. Like, that's where he should have stayed. Never should have gone the route, because what he did was he eliminated his career when he did Passion of the Christ... And mm-hmm. now he's stuck having to play, whether he believes it or not, he's having mm-hmm. to play into the hands of the side that, you know, is, is doing this to make money now. Yeah. Like he 100%. shot himself in the foot. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Dude. <laughs> Jim Caviezel. All for what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, eternal salvation, Derek. Oh, that's uh, going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> In eternity with Jim Caviezel. I really uh, <laughs> dude, that would suck. Yeah. <laughs> so you'd be like, Do you want to talk about my career? Like I only want to talk about the one movie. Yeah. Uh that's so funny. Uh, uh, well let's get yeah. into Oppenheimer, right. yeah, shall let's we? Talk about a movie that is good and is worth supporting and yeah. has a good message behind it. Yes. Um so we saw Oppenheimer, uh the new film by Christopher Nolan starring Killian Murphy and Robert Downey Jr. and a bunch of other really talented actors. Like everyone uh, this, this was a stacked film. Every yeah. time a new character popped up, I was like, "Oh my gosh." <laughs> like there were there were people it, there were like literally Academy Award nominees playing essentially featured extras in this movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kenneth Branagh's like, in it Rami, for like Rami Malek's in this movie for like 5 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Kenneth Branagh's in it. They like yeah. use him. He does an accent, and he's like, "Yeah," and he bounces. And I'm like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> like, yeah, it's crazy. This movie's nuts. Uh, but um, yeah, so I'll just go briefly over the plot, uh, or let's talk about our sorry, our feelings going into it uh, overall. Uh, Derek, how were you feeling after the trailer? Were you excited about this? Give me your give me your thoughts going in. Well, Nolan's one of my top five favorite directors of all time. So like for mm-hmm. me, it's a it's a it's not even a. It's a no-brainer. Like, I'm going to yep. go see this movie. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to mm-hmm. happen. I will give it money. I will take the time. I will sit in the dark for three hours. I don't care how long it takes. And I will watch this piece of art. Because that's what it is. You know? And, like... I was excited for it. I was looking forward to it. Killian Murphy's one of my favorite actors. So, uh, being able to watch him do his thing in a way and on a level that he... I don't really feel like has been able to do before on the big screen um, made me excited and just the fact that there were so many actors that were in this movie that tells you once the script got around that everyone was like oh my god or at least like Nolan was like hey do you want to work with me and they were like yes yes please because I would doesn't matter that he'd be like would you like to work with me on a project and be like sure and he'd be like you don't even know what it is like yeah it doesn't matter I'll work with you on the project goes, oh well we're going to redo my lawn I'm like oh that's fine <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Still a project I'm working on. Hey, I worked with Christopher Nolan one time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of how I felt. Um, I was excited about it. Um, looks like, looked like from the trailer, Oscar level performance stuff um, and execution, which I was excited about. And that, yeah. That's basically it. How about cool. you? Yeah, I, Christopher Nolan is also one of my favorite directors, uh, so I was looking forward to this. Um, I love Killian Murphy as an actor. Um, uh, I, Robert Downey Jr. is around. That was great uh, for me to see as well. I, I am fascinated with history and with World War II and, and Oppenheimer. I didn't know much. Um, I didn't know much about him other than he created the bomb and mm-hmm. that he had regrets afterwards. I never really delved deep into Oppenheimer as a person. Um, so this was really cool for me to see. Um, yeah, I was really excited going in. Uh, it was like the first Nolan thing in a while. Um, so I was just, yeah, I was really looking forward to it since, oh, what was the last yeah. one? Dunkirk? What was the last thing you did? Dunkirk. I Dunkirk, think. I think, which was, yeah. you know, a while ago. Yeah, and that's a up. war, it's a war movie. So, you know, it's a little bit, it's a little bit different. Um, and so I was excited to see what Nolan did, you know, of his own volition free from like, I mean, this is still a, a biopic of sorts, but, um, mm-hmm. 
I was interested to see him do something that, you know, there isn't really a formula for, and it's kind of just like, of you know, from his brain. Sure. And, yeah. yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it, had a good time with it. Um, uh, it's not a perfect film, but it is a, a very well-executed, great film uh, that I'm excited to, to jump into for yes. sure. Yes. Okay, so let's uh, let's talk about it. Uh, the plot is basically, um, it's a biopic following Oppenheimer from uh, basically three main points in his life, like leading up to World War II uh, and, and the building of the bomb, the building of the bomb in World War II, then like post-war, like immediately following that, and then, and then there's like also running concurrently, but at a different point in time, kind of like the social network, is a deposition going on, Tenet. basically his, you said what? Tenet. Was the last yeah, thing that he did. Oh, Tenet. I forgot Dunkirk about Tenet. Tenet than Oppenheimer. I forgot about yeah, Tenet. I, forgot I really about enjoyed Tenet, Tenet as well. Yeah, um, I'm so sorry for interrupting you. I just no, want no. somebody to be like, no! <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, running concurrently to those three timelines is yes. a, a deposition that's happening with both the Robert Downey Jr. character, who's trying to be confirmed for uh, Senate. I think it's Senate, right? Uh, he's making a run for the presidency, so I believe it's Senate, yeah. Yeah, so he's trying to be confirmed for yeah Senate, um, something something like that. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Oppenheimer, his security uh, clearances at the government are in review, and this is we'll find out later in the movie they are tied together those two uh, uh, situations. Um, it, that's sort of the plot of the movie, um, and and it's very so the most of the movie the stuff that's in color, and this is uh, what I've. Put, kind of put together and it is also confirmed by other 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 reviewers and, and critics and stuff the 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 black and white stuff is uh stuff that's from robert downey jr jr's character's point of view and the stuff that's in color is from oppenheimer's point of view got it um and that's kind of how the movie is divided. Um, most of the movie is 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 in color though so most of it is subjectively from oppenheimer's point of view right and it's not it's not uh from an objective point of view to where like so there are things that i'm sure oppenheimer experienced or like uh things that happened in his life but that we don't necessarily see because it's it's pretty strictly from his perspective right. so we're not really seeing things that he wasn't privy to unless it's from in the black and white stuff right so um yeah that's sort of the layout structure of the movie um what did you i guess we can talk about performances first yeah Oh yeah, definitely. What what did we think about Killian oh Murphy in this? God, he's so good. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> he's great in this. <laughs> like he, what do you say about him other than he's amazing? Yeah, and it's so funny because he's so good and like he's so competent at what he's being asked to do as a, as an actor. It's almost like it looks easy. It looks easy, so it's it's hard to praise it because it's just like no, he's just being the perfect Oppenheimer for this movie. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's not the character doesn't do any like grandiose speeches or like um, grand swings. There's no like big swings in this movie. He's just fully embodying this person inside and out. Uh, and that and there's something to be said about even just that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think he's great in this. Uh, so much of the of his performance is nonverbal, which is uh, a testament to him as an actor. Yeah. Um, there's so much acting going on in his eyes. Um, yeah, I, I think Killian Murphy's great. His his accent is great. Uh, everything is great. He's really, really, really talented. <laughs> yeah, he's so that's what I'm saying. He's so good. It looks easy. It's like, oh yeah, I can play Oppenheimer. It's like, no, you cannot. Yeah, I just uh, just stand over here and wear this hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stand on this hat. Look crazy. Smoke yeah. a lot. 
Yeah, yeah. Smoke, uh, smoke constantly. Smoke a lot. Have wide eyes that stare at people, piercing gaze. <laughs> yeah. Just an, a natural intensity to your to your energy. Yeah. Um, what do you think of? Uh, let's just say spoilers uh, from here here on out. What do yep. you think of uh, Robert Downey Jr. in this movie? He kind of becomes the antagonist uh, at the end here. What do, What did you think of his performance and his character? I thought he was really good. Yeah. I thought he is there to remind people that he can still act, and he is not just Iron Man. Right. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I agree. I think he's great in this. I think he's giving one of his better performances of like the last decade in this. Um, he's uh, uh, phenomenal. I, I think his character is great to a point. I think... Um, I think the movie goes a little too far in the direction of like this is all being driven by his pettiness, mm-hmm. but I do think that that is it's a part of the sort of the messaging of this movie, I think, but I think it it, it kind of it kind of undercuts the larger goal of this movie, which is to be kind of a a character study on Oppenheimer as a person mm-hmm. and him dealing with the ramifications of of of, of his own actions. Right. I think when it, when it becomes a a witch hunt type situation and they focus so squarely on Robert Downey Jr.'s sort of like <laughs> uh, revenge, that I think it kind of um, takes some of the dramatic burden off of Oppenheimer to deal with these issues which yeah. I think goes in in a, in the opposite direction of what the most of the movie is trying to do but um but I don't think it's too distracting and it didn't, and no. it didn't pull me out it just it's just I for my taste I think it leaned a little too hard in Robert Downey Jr. being villainous yes um, yeah but, towards the end I was a little like yeah but he's not like like he's a politician Yes, they all act like this, which I think is the the implication. Like, you know, it's not, but you're acting like this guy specifically. It's like, no. (laughs) Right, right. They're all like that. (laughs) Yeah, they're all, especially at that time in history. Like, they were all, you know what I mean? Yeah. Power Um, hungry. Yes. Money grabbing, whatever. Yes. Whatever adjectives you want to stick in there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so what did you think about, um, Florence Pugh and, um, oh, what is, uh, Emily Blunt in this movie? Um, um the two, the two women in Oppenheimer's women in life. life. Uh, I thought they did a good job. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, would I agree. mean, the focus isn't on them though, you know? Right. The burden and the focus is on Killian Murphy. Like... Yes, they're just accessories to this movie. You know what yes. I mean, and that's kind of the way they're treated, and it's kind of what they were to Oppenheimer, truthfully. Right. You know, so like, did a good job. You know. Yes. Like it worked. I I will agree. I I think that um, I think uh, some people uh have have uh from what I've gathered uh from what I've been listening to and reading, I think some people felt like the the female actresses in this movie were 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 done a bit of a disservice with the way these roles were written Hmm. um i i would agree with that to a certain extent um i don't know how the way they're characterized or, or depicted in this movie i don't know how that gels with like the roles they actually played in oppenheimer's life um what was pretty close uh, I, yeah, if they, I mean, I, I mean, part of what this guy struggled with is that, and you know, he was a womanizer and 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 didn't treat women particularly well. Um, I, I, I think that both what both women were asked to do in this movie, I think they excelled at, and I think the movie ultimately is more. 
I would say the movie, it, it, though it's from Oppenheimer's perspective, I think the movie lands a little bit more on the women's side in terms of like mm-hmm. he should have treated them better. Oh uh, yeah, I think absolutely. The movie, the movie says that. Yes. Um, and so I, I think that's okay. And then I really love the. So I, I kind of, 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 I come off more on the I loved this side, but I am kind of of two minds about the. The Emily Blunt scene where she kind of like gets her opportunity to stand up for Oppenheimer, but also for like their relationship and their household, mm-hmm. essentially. In that meeting, uh, in the deposition where she's asked to testify, she kind of goes toe to toe with um, Jason Clark's character, who's like the interrogator guy. Uh, she goes toe to toe with them and kind of embarrasses the the panel a bit and kind of gets she gets her moment to shine right. I think in this uh, which I liked but also it 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 also like I can understand why it's problematic and I think the movie understands that it's problematic as well because she she spends so much time getting sort of emotionally dumped on by this relationship because she's cheated on left and right and all that and yet she still goes to bat for him. Um, yes, that's problematic. Uh, yes, it's not perfect. Uh, yes, it's not ideal in any way. But um, it wouldn't surprise me if that's how it really happened. And also, like, things do happen that way. Things are, like, not... Especially at that point in history. Yeah. Like, uh, relationships were problematic, just probably in general for most relationships uh, <laughs> yeah. at that time. You know what I mean? So well, it's it like- felt... Yeah. I had somebody that a joke that a comedian said, an older comedian. He was like, he's like, I come from the days when if you said your dad hit you, he like really hit you. Like, yes, he's like everybody's yes. dad hit like dads hit them. He's like, mm-hmm. when they classified you as like a kid beater, like then you were really like that. I mean, you were really going for it. Yeah, it was like, and that's you know that was the time. Like it was just it was a it was a really harsh time. Yes, um, a world war will fucking do that to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, so I, I like their performances. I thought they were. Um, uh, I thought they were for what they were asked to do. I thought they showed up and, and did well. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, what do you think about Matt Damon in this movie? Well, uh, I'm mad that they got a handsome man to play the gross general. Um, okay, I've never dude, seen this. The guy dude before, does. So. The dude doesn't look good. Really, I'll, I'll uh, look him up. It's the um, what's his name. I just have a feeling it's like stop prettying up certain roles just because it's Hollywood. Like if the dude was ugly, right. just make him ugly. Mm-hmm. Find an actor. There's an actor out there that could do that job. Leslie Groves. So Leslie Groves. Like he, they made Matt Damon fat, and he kind of looks like it. Looks like him, but he just, I don't know. I didn't like it. It didn't work for me. Uh, Matt Damon okay. did a great job, though. Yeah, I thought he was good in this. Um, yeah, I thought Matt Damon was great. Um, you kind of needed his character uh, to kind of ground the movie and sort of like be the audience in some ways, because uh, a lot of times he's like he doesn't understand any of the science stuff. So he right. like he's like, wait, what? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think he was good in that. Um, I think he was. Um, he did a good job of like, cause I mean, his character is essentially a liaison between the governments, you know, he operates on behalf of the government, but like in a way that he has to be a bridge to Oppenheimer and these scientists. And I think he does that well. Uh, Matt Damon feels relatable enough 
and likable enough, but uh, he does a good job of still being like kind of stern and, and maybe nefarious, but without tipping into like mustache twirly evil government henchman guy. Right. Um, yeah, I think the balance was there. The tone was good. I think he has most of the jokes in the movie. Yeah. Um, and I think they work. Um, if you can even call them jokes. Yeah, uh, that movie is strategically not funny. <laughs> yeah. It is intense. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, there's a couple well, well-timed uh, little bits of levity, that, if you can call them that, in the movie that I think work really well. But they're very, very sparing. They're very, like, they're very few and far between. Um, this movie yeah. is decidedly not fun. It's very <laughs> right. good, but it's not fun. No, it's definitely not fun. It's not a movie you're going to rewatch over and over again. No, it's, it's kind of like, hey, let's put on and... Oppenheimer. Yeah. <laughs> um, what did you think about um, all the build-up to the bomb? Like, the sort of the... The, the the true biopicy kind of stuff in this about like let's get the, assemble the team and let's get, build this town and let's you know all of that stuff. What do you think about that? I thought it was done well. I liked yeah, me it. too. I, I like I like that stuff. I always like a, a good lot. assembling of the team. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it was good. I liked it. It you know it did a really good job at making sure that like letting know and showing you that Oppenheimer wasn't just he couldn't have done it on his own. Right. Like, he right. needed these other people that were smarter at him than him in other areas. He just happened to be the one that ran the show. Yes. Um, I think that's an important detail, too, just for how people understand history and science. Like, I think a lot of people think of scientists as, like, lone weirdos in a laboratory that at, work by themselves, and then at some point they go, Eureka, and they figured something out. Right. Uh, but science obviously does not happen that way, and I think uh, this movie does a good job of showing what it takes to like. Science is not just a thing you just do by yourself. It's like a by definition has to be a communal thing, and like right. no one builds anything of significant technology by themselves. Really, like it's all on the shoulders of other people's work and other people's math and other people's uh, research. Uh, it all has to work in concert together, and it takes hundreds and hundreds of people to do things to the scale of like an atomic bomb or something like that. So I thought it was cool that it showed all of that. Um, yeah, I thought, I thought that was really cool. I, I Like I understand the movie that Nolan was making where he wanted to make a very subjective sort of uh, subjective to, to Oppenheimer's perspective. Um, but I would have loved to see a movie where it was mostly like from a, an objective perspective where it's just kind of about them assembling the bomb and that well, that's the whole movie because I thought that mm-hmm. stuff was interesting like I would have loved to see a day to day of how this town works like what you know right. what are the meals like like what's the church like like I would have loved to see all of that play out but um, you know that wasn't for this movie so no. you know, it was fine no uh-huh. um, yeah. what did you think about the actual bomb blowing up let's talk about that the effects were cool yes I like the film I like the fact they did it with real fire I was like that's cool yes yeah um I have seen so much atomic warhead explosion footage. Yes. That I'm a little desensitized. Plus, I I I've understand it and and at one point in my life wanted to know what happened to the people of Hiroshima, and so I looked it up, and it's horrifying. And the amount of devastation that bomb can do is mm-hmm. 
it is terrifying and yeah like i think but but because it was just the test one you know mhm and they tried to have their moment to let you know that like oh he felt bad or he saw what happened or whatever when it's like flashing to the lady with like with her skin sloughing off her face or the mother and daughter like hiding you know in you know behind things as it goes off or the person that's throwing up and they're like come like there's snot coming out of their nose and like their mouth and all that stuff for the radiation poisoning and like it mm-hmm. did a little bit but I don't think the movie did enough to convey the amount of damage or the amount of loss that like they touted the numbers but they didn't talk about the fact that there was an entire contingency that when it wasn't vaporized and that didn't feel that they were sick that then got rained on with the at the radioactive ash mixing in the air with the rain mm-hmm. then poured down on them like a sludge and then like burned their skin and like it's like it's it's absolutely just like it does not stop and it just that to me was my only complaint of the entire film is that they didn't do enough to establish the devastation of the atomic bomb and what it did to the people of Japan. Yeah, I think they, I think you're right. I kind of did this. It passed over it and was like, oh, but don't feel, don't worry, because he feels guilty about what he did. Yes, and I'm like, you did. That was not enough, man. It still kind of does this thing where it doesn't want the people that are still proud of what we did in Japan. Like for World War II, to like, does it want to piss them off? And I'm like, no, we need to piss them off. Like, we need to show what we did. Like, this is a black mark on our country. Yes. We attacked um, an enemy that was going to surrender in a week or something like that. Yes. Um, yes. And I think, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think we needed a little bit more of Oppenheimer sort of sitting in the sort of the the decision of of having dropped that bomb on uh on innocent people in japan i think uh we we should have seen a little bit more of that uh i don't feel like we sat in that nearly long enough no uh in a, in a three-hour movie uh let's find some time to deal with the consequences just a little bit more acknowledge the death toll Right, because I think it, yeah, it was ma- of it an was entire massive. non-military target town. Yes, um, yeah, we definitely needed to sit in that a lot longer and deal with more of those uh, ramifications for sure. Um, yeah, totally. Um, but as far as the sequence of the, the 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 big test that they did at Los Alamos Tense. and the bomb cool. going off for the first time, I thought it was cool. I loved uh, that it happens in silence first, and mm-hmm. then the, the sound catches up with the explosion. I thought that was great, and I thought that was a really artistic way to do it. Um, and I thought that it was um, it made it eerier than just like loud all at once. Oh, I thought it was, dude. That yeah. sound design that wasn't sound design. That's how an atomic bomb works. Mm-hmm. The radiation and the explosion moves faster than the actual sound. Right. Yeah, I thought that was so impressive. Uh, like, that's quite yeah. an explosion. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. It was nuts. Um, yeah, I loved. Uh, it's funny because like I, this is a testament to Nolan's directing style and the script uh, and all that. But like you know, the test is going to go right mm-hmm. because we know how history played out. But right. I think they're still and they do a really good enough job of like setting up the stakes of what they were dealing with and what could have they thought at the time what could have happened. That like yeah, even in it, I was watching. I was like, man, I, I hope this goes right. Yeah, for them. Would, even though like, <laughs> what if they kill us all? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, 
but yeah, I thought that that sequence was so well done. And then I thought the there so there were like kind of three sequences that really stood out to me, like that I think I'll remember from this movie going forward. Uh, maybe four, but for sure the bomb going off, I thought that was uh, amazing. Yep. Um, I thought the the sequence afterwards where he goes to the celebration and like he's like can't even hear the the cheers from the people because all he can do is think about like the destruction i thought that mm-hmm. was a really powerful sequence where like you can only hear certain elements of the room like you hear the chairs sliding and the people's feet but you don't hear their applause or their cheers i thought that yeah. was really interesting um i like that sequence a lot and then the other sequence that i really enjoyed um was oh man Oh, when they're deciding, and I thought this was like the most horrific scene in the movie and there's not one bomb in it, but um, when all of the sort of American generals are sitting around and they're deciding which city they want to bomb in Japan... Uh-huh. And they're like having this casual conversation, and one guy's like, "Let's not do Kyoto because I my family vacations there. It's a beautiful yeah. country." Oh, through the cultural, like, we're oh avoid God. Kyoto through the cultural significant historical significance yeah, yeah, to the exactly. country of Japan. Plus, my wife and I honeymooned there. Yeah, it, that conversation like, was just like Jesus uh, Christ. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we're talking about lives here, people. Like, yeah, exactly. You're about to snuff out an entire city. Yeah, like an entire small nation's worth of people you're about to destroy like and they had no idea that it was going to be what they thought it was they thought they were going to kill like you know 50 60 70,000 people they ended up killing hundreds of thousands they didn't they didn't, uh, they didn't understand the radiation no they didn't understand that at all fucking uh, they, morons yeah. playing around with like a force they don't understand being like oh it'll be fine mm-hmm. and it's like no it won't you mathematics cowboy yeah so stop um, going I, rogue yeah exactly <laughs> yeah that scene was really uh that scene will stick out for me that's like oh man it's like one of those yeah one of those scenes where it's like jesus christ like i yeah. never would have even imagined the scene would take place in this movie but it was such a powerful scene um yeah man um yeah she was crazy um yeah any what you got any other thoughts about um uh, no Oppie? it was really good um yeah it was really good the close-ups were used effectively. Oh, dude, those close-ups were insane. Uh, uh, yeah, close-ups were really insane. Uh, just lingering on Killing, Killing Murphy's face for a lot of this was really cool. Uh, a lot of the Robert Downey Jr. stuff I really enjoyed. I thought he gave a really good performance. I, I love that sort of when he realizes his plot to sort of destroy Oppenheimer is all kind of unfolding and unraveling. And people, and Rami Malek starts... Uh, uh, standing up for Oppenheimer yeah. in this in this trial and, and or this hearing with Robert Downey Jr. And, and all of that is kind of crumbling around his feet, and he gives this final kind of impassioned speech about like, you know, you know the bad guy speech as he knows he's about to you know lose or whatever. Yeah, he gives his big bad bad guy monologue, and I thought he crushed it. Oh, I thought absolutely. he did a great job. Yeah, as just this like sort of petulant you know sort of man child who's used to getting everything he wants because he has got a bunch of money and power. Uh, not get the thing he wants and having to basically throw a tantrum about it I thought was just super great. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So good. Um, oh, I'll, I don't know if you caught this, but Gary Oldman played Harry Truman Yes, in this? I did see that. Oh, no, the minute he popped on screen, I was like, that's Gary Oldman. Dude, I had no idea who that was. <laughs> I didn't know until afterwards I was looking up the cast on, uh, on, on IMDb, and I was like, Gary Oldman. Um, when did you show up? 
Yeah, I thought that was crazy and really well done. Uh, I thought his performance was great. And Gary Oldman is just... Man, so, Gary Oldman is truly one of our greatest character actors of all time. He's so uh, good, dude. He can disappear into a role the the way nobody else can. It's really oh, yeah. weird. Uh, a, and he, it's so funny because he's such an unassuming British fellow, and he can just become these crazy characters. Uh, he he's truly talented. Gary Oldman is 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 a, a, a an international treasure. No, absolutely. Uh, he's great. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, man. I don't. I don't have much else. I thought it was great. I can't wait to talk about Barbie next week. Uh, yep. I'll go see that this weekend, and yeah, we, yeah we'll talk about it. That should be fun. Good, um, anything else? Uh, no. Uh, just classic movie. That you, you've heard my one complaint. Literally, the only thing I walked away from it with. I just said mm-hmm. that. And I just that's the only thought I had, and I was like, "Yep, it's my only issue with it." Other than that, great movie. As Solid. always, yeah. Christopher Nolan knocks it out of the park. You know. As always, yeah, Derek. Uh, people can find you online. You can find me around. All right, you can find episodes of this podcast and more at uh, Weekly Regular. You can find me on social media at Asan Made It. It's no longer Asan the DJ on Instagram. It's Why Asan was the handle it. changed? Um, I just thought uh, as a DJ, I'm still known as Asan the DJ. My my uh, business cards still say it. It's the same email. I think the uh, Instagram is going to become more of an outlet for all things creative that I do. Okay. And so I think Asan Made It kind of fits a little bit more. It, it encompasses more than just Asan the DJ on social media. So got it. Growing your yeah, brain. that was the impeti- that was the impeti- impetus behind it for sure. Cool. Sick. All right. Uh, Yeah. Thanks, Derek. Uh, We will talk to you all next week.